Hi, welcome to the Pedestrian Fest podcast. My name is Michael Amland, where we talk about whatever we want to talk about. All right, Annette Smith from the Music Junkies. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited. Yeah, we're we're really excited to have you. Um, I'm a really big fan of what you do. Um, there's a lot of music podcasts. Well, not really a lot of music podcasts. Uh, but I, I don't think there um, are a lot of music podcasts that approach it the way you do. Um, you know, kind of people's like emotional attachment to the songs. I've heard a lot of um, podcasts that go into like the technical aspect and bring like the artist on and kind of go track from track. But I, I really like how you approach it. Um, how did you get involved in podcasting? It was just something that happened very organically. Um I am a finance, I own my own finance company by trade. And during COVID, there was a lot of free time. I wasn't traveling a lot. So I thought about doing a podcast with a really close friend of mine. We had a crazy upbringing. I thought that it would be hilarious to kind of talk about that. Our lives are very different. Her kids are still growing up. My kids are out of the house. So our schedules really weren't lining up. Then I thought it'd be really interesting to do something with my daughter. Again, that didn't really line up. (coughs) Excuse me. So then I thought, I didn't really know what to do. I thought I was going to just do something by myself. had no idea. Me and my husband were having a glass of wine one day and just kind of, you know, throwing the, the phone back and forth and playing songs and just saying, hey, do you remember this song? Remember this song? And and my house, my literally, my husband said, "This is what your podcast should be about. You love music, always brings up a story or a memory. So why don't you do that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds like amazing. Okay, let's go do it right now." And we literally recorded our first episode, like right then and there. I had no questions, had no idea what I was doing, and we just recorded. And then I started just asking. I asked probably about fifty of my friends. They all said yes. Um, and their experience was all amazing. They would come to the house. I'd make them dinner, make their favorite drink. And it was just something like super social, really loved doing. And then I just started getting lots of people reaching out and wanting to be on That's the so show. Cool. And I was like, yeah, let's do it for sure. And it just continues to, continues to build from there, which is awesome. That is awesome. We, we had a similar, um, kind of, uh, Genesis, I guess we, Matt, my, my co-host and I were, had just kind of been texting and been like, oh man, wouldn't it be fun to do this? Like, we're not really going to be playing many gigs for a while. So let's, let's try this out. And uh, we did the same thing. I, as soon as I found out about Anchor, I was like, hey, like we can do this for free. So I, I called him because they have like the, the invite feature. Yeah. And we just released that conversation. <laughs> so we, yeah, same thing. We didn't really have any questions or any kind of uh you know, agenda, anything we wanted to talk about. It was literally just kind of him and I talking like we normally would. Um, and we kind of went from there. And I mean, I liked podcasts that would bring different guests on and, and talk about things like that too. Um, so it, it's kind of split down the middle that way. Sometimes people are like, I don't understand what your podcast is. <laughs> hey, as long as you like it, it doesn't matter what they say. That's what I think anyways. If you love doing yeah. it, just keep doing it. Same here. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of, kind of yin and yang. Um, I saw you had uh, Sean Faust on there recently. He guessed it on ours too. Oh, did he? How, how That's awesome. That? 
He's yeah, it was really man. good. Yeah, he loves he loves Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> he's no, he's a great guy. He is a great guy for sure. Yeah, we had a blast. It's actually, well, it's being released right now, which is really cool. Yeah, good guy. Super supportive of the show. Absolutely loves what we do. And I love what he does, right? He's He's got a great personality. I love that blunt, real rawness about him. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, he doesn't pull any punches. Yeah, it's he's good really though. Cool. Yeah. And uh, he's a pretty diverse uh, artist. Like play with a lot of a lot of different people, which is cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as far as like music, I mean, I know you're into all kinds of different music. Do you remember kind of like some of the first songs you really connected with? Oh, geez, such a hard question because yeah. you know my my parents were very very different on music. So my mom was more. Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, that kind of stuff, CCR. And then my dad was uh, 11 years older than my mom. So his music was more from the 50s, right? Right. So it was very, very different. And then obviously growing up in the 80s, it was all 80s hair band and all 80s pop, which I liked both. I was kind of one of those kids that loved everything. I would go to the smoking section, but then I also hung out with the popular kids, you know? So it was, I always liked everything, but my, probably my favorite band growing up was probably like Michael Jackson Prince, right? When I was like very, very young, I I used to for sure love them. Um, And then obviously just growing up, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, you know, Metallica, all of that kind of stuff. So I had just a, a wide variety of music. I just pretty much loved everything and I still do to this day right which I love because you go put my playlist on and it's like from rap to trap to you know dance to you name it everything and anything is is on there and I'm I always get confused I don't understand why most people don't have their playlists like that like I don't know how you can just listen to metal or just listen to R&B I just I've never really understood that because there's so many amazing artists out there and so many so many amazing songs with the accessibility now too like i I can't fathom being stuck in one genre because i i mean i just wasn't like that um as a kid my parents were similar um my mom was a bit older than my dad so mom was more uh kind of like beatles and james brown kind of era and then my dad uh i mean he he grew up in the 70s so he's big on you know led zeppelin yeah Pink floyd but he also liked a lot of like older blues. He he took me to like BB King, and, uh, Buddy Guy concerts like that, um, and it was really, you know, because I he basically helped me kind of learn guitar when I was first starting, and was a really good mentor in that way. It was like, look, like you need to go see some of these greats, like while they're still here. You know? That's right. I agree, yeah. and I wish yeah. I wish I could have seen you know, Led Zeppelin and all, like we've seen a kind of a CCR with not all of the CCs and R's in it, which was, was right. like still really good. You know, one of them was like 76 years old and I'm like, this is still pretty awesome. They could still play still, you know, it was like incredible. Tom but I, amazing for his <laughs> yeah, age. I, mean, I know, I agree. Like him too. So. Yeah. And it was just so cool to listen to the stories, you know, like part of it was not just playing their music, but also telling 
really hilarious stories during their their performance, which was really fun too. Yeah, uh, when, we, when I saw Bruce Springsteen, he he had a few good ones too. So <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, and we we went and saw Neil Young um, one time too, and yeah, I mean, what a trip that guy was! Like, yeah, the, the Pretenders opened up for him. No like, way. Yeah, Chrissy Hine like gets on stage and like kisses the kisses the stage to like you know show like tribute. <laughs> she was cool. And it was That's funny, amazing. Then, uh, it was like the Canada like double trouble because uh, Keegan and Sarah opened up that. Um, that was back when they were first kind of touring on his label, and uh, I, I'll never forget it. I mean, they they were they had like ropes for like guitar straps. It was just them acoustic and. Uh, it was, it was surreal to see them in 2004 later on, you know, opening up for the killers. Yeah. That uh, is insane. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite band that you absolutely loved listening to growing up? Uh, I mean, people are probably going to laugh at me. I don't really care, but, uh, my, my brothers got me pretty big into, uh, kind of like jam band stuff early on. So I, okay. I was a big, like fish fan. That's a kid. Um, and I mean, I know a lot of people laugh at fish fans and, and the crowds and stuff. And there, there's plenty to laugh. Why? At Why? But you know, just like the, the hippie thing oh. and like the drug thing and stuff like that. I think that's what people think it, that's what it's all about at those shows. And for me, uh, growing up, I really did appreciate their musicianship. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't know fish like covered the entire Beatles white album or cover wow. the entire uh, Talking Heads Remain in Light. Um, they were doing stuff. I mean, they were really underground back in the 90s. I mean, that was like the true, you know, kind of, they didn't, their fans were like, please don't don't make them bigger. <laughs> this is our secret, you know? <laughs> and uh, it was actually my very first concert with seeing Fish. I was 11. I went with my, my two older brothers, my one middle brother um was like a huge fan he followed him on tour and everything um and it just blew my mind and i'll never forget uh their encore that night was terrapin station by the grateful dead which at that point you know being 11 i hadn't listened to too much dead i was pretty much a little little fish junkie but um i i to this day have never seen a crowd lose their mind more than wow. fish covering grateful dead Terrapin station I mean, it looked like Woodstock, like people were like jumping over the Oh, I love it. Like, just losing their minds because that, I don't know, there was this, this weird kind of like division between Fish fans and Dead fans, and which was strange to me because Fish was always very uh, appreciative of the Dead and were just like, you know, this, we respect these guys. Obviously, they're legends. Um, but it was just a cool moment. And still to this day, I've never seen just like a go nuts moment at a show like that. Yeah, that would be really cool to see. Yeah. So, I mean, I can't say they're, you know, the best lyricists or like the, <laughs> the songs were like super deep to me. But what I took from them was just appreciation of all kinds of different music. By listening to them, I got into jazz. I got into bluegrass, even things like reggae or even classic rock. I might not have um, paid as much attention to like, uh, you, you know, early David Bowie records, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it's so good they, really they, they influenced you. Yeah, I love yeah. it. It's like your gateway band. That's what you said. <laughs> I love that. That's a great analogy. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, my band in high school, we started out as kind of like this like little jam band, and then we kind of morphed into more of like a Death Cab for Cutie kind of indie thing. Um, and it was just it was a it was an interesting interesting time in music for sure. What was your um, band's name in high school? We were called Still Pink. And, oh, uh, how come that name? Yeah, we did a good bit of touring. We we played um, down at South by Southwest um, a couple of times. Um, got to open for some of the kind of like premier sort of emo rock bands back then. I don't know. Do, do you remember uh, like Sparta mm. or Taking Back Sunday? That kind of era. Yeah, that was. That's who we were we were playing with back in the day. Where did you come up with the band name? Uh, our drummer. He was just a. No way. Just kind of a little genius, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we he had, we had a bunch of different names on a like a blackboard or whatever, and all of us were just like, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah. And did you play cover bands or did you um, just have your own? We style? were all original back then. Oh, okay, um, cool. So we, yeah, we, we none of us went to college. Like we just like went went for it. Um, did some indie touring and then, you know, sadly did go our separate ways. Uh, but, uh, after that I did kind of get into more cover bands cause I needed a job. <laughs> so I played in a, an Irish, uh, I don't even know how to describe Hey Hey Hooligan. I would say an Irish hard rock cover band that just <laughs> covered everything. I mean, really? It would be it would go from like Billy Joel to Dropkick Murphys. Wow. To uh Run DMC. <laughs> so it was kinda all over the place. But That's... a lot of fun. It definitely a good party. That's hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. Um so you know, nowadays, um what what are you liking about podcasting or what are you disliking? Um, you know what? I think I absolutely love the concept of, of podcasting. The only part of podcasting that I do not enjoy is I'm very real and authentic and raw. And so if I say something, I'm just going to live with it. Right. It's what I said. I'm not, I, you know, I can't turn back the time. I can't change what I said. Um, and I feel like some people have been, are so worried about being authentic and real because they're so worried about what the outside world is going to think or say, or, you know, are they going to get backlash from this? And, and I'll be honest, like, it's not like I have guns and roses on my podcast. So if you are not that caliber I don't think you should be concerned about what is being said on a podcast because your 1,500, 7,000, 15,000 followers, it's just not really enough to make a big ripple effect. Um, And if you can't be real to your fans, then I don't think you'll ever make it, right? Right. So that's the part of podcasting that I, you know, I've... I've had conversations with people and I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be such a great show. And then I've had them on the show and I've been like, oh, you're real. I can tell, like I can read people very well and I can tell that they're holding back. And I'm like, oh, it would have been such a great show. Or if they swear or something then they're like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm not quite sure if you've heard my show, but you're allowed to swear. (laughs) 
Um, So like, but if you swear around people, you know, and the people that know you for that, then you need to continue to do that. Right. You know, it's, it's very, it's, it's odd to me when the camera comes on, the persona comes on and it, and it's too bad. Right. That's the only part I don't like about it. I think I've got like 2% of persona that I'll turn on just like a minute amount, just so there's some, I don't know, structure, I guess. But yeah, yeah. for the most part, this really is just how I, how I am. <laughs> I can't imagine not wanting to, I, I don't know. I don't know how you fake it through. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like yeah. your, you know, your following or your fans um, are, will know. Right. They'll eventually know. They'll eventually be like, oh, that's weird. You don't want to like shock people. You don't want to like act like a Christian on camera and then you're getting, you know, railed in the bathroom on a Tuesday <laughs> night. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if people see fire. that and they're like, oh, that's kind of weird, but right. that's who you are. But yet you want to portray yourself as, you know, good. Yeah. So I just want everybody to just like, don't worry about all that stuff. Who cares about the likes and the follows and all of that bullshit that really need, means nothing yeah and and it's exhausting i mean if you're sitting there really worried about i guess the data for all that kind of stuff it's not really telling you the response um and i don't know i just think about myself i mean i don't have time to listen to thousands and thousands of hours of people you know most people do have jobs and lives i hope (laughs) um so yeah i I don't know. I, I agree with you. Some of them, I don't know. Yeah. They just need to just enjoy it more. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. If you want to be an artist, especially on the music side of things, things are just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not like you're just going to have this really clean career. Yeah. And even in life, you're not going to have a really clean life. Right. No. Things are going to happen. You're going to screw up. Like, and that's just part of life. And I think people embrace that more. Like the people that have the most train wreck lives have the most people liking and following them. Right. So yeah. why not have, why not be you regardless if it's a train wreck or not? Oh, I agree. And it's kind of funny. I mean, sometimes I'm like, uh, there, there's a great like death cat for cutie, uh, documentary. It's called a uh, drive well, sleep carefully. And the drummer is talking to, he's just like, yeah, I mean, you hear these, these dark stories about bands that went through these hard times and stuff, but you only hear much about bands that start that way, you know, like, like start. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Cause it isn't the road yeah. to fame is it's tough. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes I'm a, maybe we just don't have that kind of, um, excitement like craziness going on but i'm like i, I don't care about that <laughs> so yeah but that's what makes you you right? right people are gonna like you for you not some it's just like when people again when you meet somebody and they're in one way and then you meet them again my husband always says i never want to meet you know my my childhood hero or maybe some actors that you know, if he, he loves Will Ferrell. So like, because right. I'm afraid that when I meet them in person, they will not be the people that, that, that made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how can they, how can they live up to that? Um, 
I think it's like Neil Peart was just like, yeah, I mean, I love the who, but I, I don't have any desire to meet these guys. <laughs> like, I just love their music. Um, that's right. That's how I always like that. I was like, what would I even say to them other than amazing show? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, that's cool. What's been, um, I mean, I, I'm sure it's impossible to pick, but what, what would you say would be your favorite episode that you've done? Oh my God. Or even a few. I have so many, to be honest. Like I could probably run through 90 episodes that I've did and there's always something that stands out. I think when I was starting, it was a little bit different than it is now. So when I started, it was like friends, right? So it was people that I knew very well. And it was in like this controlled environment where it's like in my kitchen, we're having drinks and having some food. I love that aspect of it. I I wish I could continue that aspect of it because it's so much fun to have a guest and you're able to treat them like a king or a queen. You know, I, I would find out what their favorite drink was. And, and me and my husband used to laugh because I'm like, oh, my producer's coming down with a drink. And, and he would like make martinis and whatever their favorite drink was is what we made. And then we would make them a meal. That's and then I just awesome. love that because... We would either eat and drink first or we do the podcast first. Whatever way, I always wanted them to feel that their whole entire experience was amazing. Yeah. Right? I'm sure they did. I mean, that's really cool. Um, so I miss that, right? In all the episodes that I did like that, I miss that because I think it's it was just more personal and I felt good because even though they were giving me something, I was able to give back. And I, that's just my nature, right? It's like, I'm like the fastest karma giver backer. It's like, you do something from, it's like 10 seconds later, I'm and they're like, whoa, and it, you know, I've been told, Hey, you got to just let people give to you. Like it's, Oh, it's okay. You don't need to give back so quickly. I'm the same so, way. I always, I'm like, yeah. what, what can I do now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to pick an episode because I love that aspect of it. But then when I started kind of getting people reaching out to me and stuff like that, like Miss Francois, like if you ever have time to have her on your show, she is hilarious, hilarious from New York. Um, that was really kind of a pivoting time in my podcast because I thought, oh, there is people out there that are like my friends that I can connect immediately with. That was my biggest fear. I've always been a really good first connector, like always, but I didn't know how it was going to really be able to connect online, like right. through Zoom. I could meet you, we'll leave, we have numbers, we're best friends for life. I'm so good at that, but I didn't know how that was, you know, that energy was going to kind of come through a Zoom meeting. Um, yeah. Once I did Miss Francois, I, could, I was like, yeah, for sure. So she would be somebody kind of outside of the realm that 100% made me laugh so much, made me feel that I could still be me, right? Because that's what I was worried about. I'm very blunt and I'm very sarcastic and I'm very sexual innuendos. And here I don't know you. Right. And I'm like talking and and you're like, whoa, I, this is, could be a lot. Right. So I'm, even though people say, Annette, I, you know, I am, nothing offends me. There's been times where people are like, 
you know, can you take that on my podcast? <laughs> can you take that on my podcast? I can't believe I said that. And I'm like, oh, that's too bad because that's really yeah. you and that's your belief and how you feel. And, and, and the cool part is, is that I made you say that. Right. <laughs> right. So that's, you know, yeah. Anyways, long story short, but definitely Miss Francois for on that side of things. There's been so many, like they're literally every single guest I've had has been so much fun. And the guests that I have that own a podcast, I appreciate so much because like, um, you know, 88 mile, they've been like super instrumental in, you know, me just kind of understanding this podcast world. Um, Santos was like absolutely amazing. And then just him, his, his accent and his, everything about him is like amazing. And then just been really cool meeting artists, like calling all captains and, and Sean and all of these different artists that I would never think, um, you know, ultimatum has been like a huge inspiration for the show and like support wise, you know, I've only had, I've only, I've only had two, two people that were oh three, actually three. <laughs> One was like, please do not air my show at all, right? At all. Oh. Um, he got picked up by like another podcast and they were going okay. a very Christian route. Uh, um, so okay. he obviously didn't want that. I had um, a girl that was upset about a picture that was posted when, as we know, you send your pictures to me, right? right. So that kind of like, you know, it just wrecks a relationship a little bit, you know? Yeah. And then, so it's just like, it's stuff like that where it's like, you have to like teeter totter on these with people sometimes. Yeah. There's definitely, uh, I, and some of my guests are just like a mile a minute. <laughs> like, uh, I had a comedian, um, named Kendra Crump on fairly early on. And then I, I don't even think I said, like three sentences. <laughs> I mean, she, she's hilarious. Yeah. If you want somebody yeah. to come on, that's, that's pretty full on. She, she I was just like sitting back like, Oh wow. Like, <laughs> I love uh, those kind of people, but you're right. Yeah. Like it's, I don't know. There's so many, I could name so many. Um, it was kind of funny early on. It might probably, I did, probably about 50 episodes before I released one episode. So I had a wow. lot of episodes because okay. I didn't really know if I was going to actually release it. I just enjoyed interviewing my friends. And I felt like, like some of these people I've known for 30 years, I felt right. like in 45 minutes, an hour time, I found out way more than them that I ever have ever. Wow. And that's what I loved about it. But I did my first road trip and one of my friends, um, Freeman, he is an obsessive Iron Maiden fan. His garage is all Iron Maiden. There's not even a stick of white in that garage. It's all Iron Maiden. Eddie is wow. all over the place. So I thought, it, I didn't even think you'd ever be on the podcast. I couldn't even believe that he said yes. He's like kind of a shy guy, but a metalhead, but would never right. do something like this. And I'm like, I would love to come over and like interview you in your garage with all this Iron Maiden stuff. I think it would be a really cool show. And he said, yes. So like that was such a cool experience because we're, 
I felt like it was like my little tour. I went on a tour and I went over to my friend's house and their garage was really cool. So like stuff like that is like really, really fun to do when yeah, it's I need to hit up some of my metalhead friends and, and pick their brains a bit. Cause that's definitely Iron Maiden. That's a band I have not listened to a lot of. Um, that's somebody I need to need to do a deep dive on. Yeah. He is never, I've known him for 10 years. He's never, I've never seen him in a different shirt than Iron Maiden. Right. That's awesome. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. What's, uh, what are some of the most outrageous questions you've like asked your guests? Like, <laughs> um, like just lot, lots of sexual questions. Like, right. you know, where weirdest place they've masturbated. I love asking the pet peeve converse like question. Right. Cause it just makes people laugh. Um, sexual partners losing their virginity, Lots of, you know, it all, my questions really just come from how they answer their song, right? So if their song is about them growing, like being in high school and their first love, then I just kind of feed off that. It's like, what were you like in high school? No, no, tell me. Okay. So what was the hardest part of being in high school? And that kind of thing. So I never know, right? I never know if it's going to go. And some people I know that I can't even be sexual with at all. Right. I can just tell it's like, this is going to freak them out. I won't do that. Cause my husband always says, Hey, you just make sure that you are being yourself and you're not having like these guests that are like super rigid and you can't be yourself and you're going to scare the shit out of them. Right. And I'm like, I right. don't know, but it doesn't always have to be a part of it. You know what I mean? So it's like finding that happy medium. And then I have like these questions right here that my guests have like, you know, came up with it's like have you ever peed in a pool right it's like do you have a sex tape do you watch porn and then we can like kind of dive into it right it's like so it's fun because every guest gets to tell me a question and then i'll just put it in a thing and then i'll be like oh yeah let's ask some questions so just coming up with different stuff to do and make people laugh i also give people a chance to pass so so if they don't want to answer the question they don't have to answer the question and I've only been passed on twice, which is kind of... Do you of remember dumb. what they passed on? Yes. One of them, my first one, which is a really good friend of mine, um, he, I asked, what was the most, what has been one of your most painful experiences you've ever experienced? Yeah, that's tough. And he passed on that. that. Right. Um, I can't good remember question, what the other one yeah, and I thought because he was a hockey player, he would say, like, I broke my ankle, I broke my leg. Um, but obviously something was very deep. My slap shot was off. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently it was not that, right? So the thing with doing this podcast, you have no idea these songs triggering a memory and really what they can bring up. Like, I... If I was doing this, first of all, I'd have so much problems picking a playlist. Like I would, I don't even think I could ever do that. So I like commend every single guest I've ever had to actually pick a playlist. It blows me away. And to pick a playlist that has a song that is attached to a memory. I don't even think I could even do that at all. Like, I don't know how they do that. It's so impressive. And then you're picking the song. So to pick a song that would bring up a memory about abuse, um, your sister's 
you know, death, a suicide, and an affair, all these things that's kind of like came up on my podcast blows me away. I feel so blessed because they are willing to share those memories with me. It's not like just like, oh, that's a fun song and we were at the club and we were dancing. Some of them are really deep. That blows me away that I'm like, whoa. And you don't know what song. Like I, you know, when I'm, one of a really good episode, and that's with Duff. Um, one of his was about his sister's death, but it was like the first three songs were all, were like super dark, like to the point that I was like, "We need to get out of this like uh, spiral here." Like, can I pick a song that like, you know, like what did you do to like set me up for like you want me to cry in the first like fifteen minutes of the podcast here? You know what I mean? So you just don't know what those songs are gonna bring up. Yeah. Um, so that's what I, it's pretty cool. That's what's really cool about it. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever gotten a guest to go quite that far. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I did have um, an artist really tell me a lot about kind of like her, you know, her history with music and things like that. But uh, I don't know. That's, that's amazing. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to add that to my toolkit to try to, Get some get some good stories. Um, yeah. What uh, you know? Have they ever like put you on the spot? Like, what what have they asked you? You've been like, oh, I can't, I can't go there. <laughs> no, like I've been asked questions back and forth, and I'm an open book, and nothing like I'm not afraid to share anything. I wouldn't be doing this if I felt like I had to be like hiding something of myself. So I've never really been asked a question where people were like, oh, wow, that's a lot. I usually, I don't, I try not to one up, right? It's like, yeah, so we've had this jet ski and it's like, oh, I owned a jet ski. You know what I mean? Right. I try not to like up, up yeah. them at, on the story because I want them to feel comfortable. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's awesome. Um, but if there's something that relates to something that they've did, and, and I have a funny story with that, then I'll, I'll add, but it's really rare because I want it to be all about them. Right. Have you ever done like a solo episode, like just for you or? I had, um, um have you ever, you should actually, who you should have on your show. She's like pretty awesome. Um, lit, lit my story and, um, bleep bulimia. Um, her name is Lorianne Campbell. She's amazing. Um, and she's actually was my editor when I first started. She absolutely loved the show and reached out and I was looking for an editor and she's just absolutely amazing. But she asked to interview me to be on her podcast. So we did that. And then my editor, Megan, was like, we need to like interview you. So we just did one um, in August to be and I was interviewed so it, it's funny because I my husband really wants to do it and literally it's taking me still like 14 months to still not complete my playlist because I'm like my brain just doesn't work like that I don't have like a song Can't that, commit. yeah I do I just that's why I think my guests are so amazing that they have a song that reminds them of I just have so much music that I'm just like I don't really know what that reminds I just like the song, I'm one of those, I'd be an awful guest. I'd be like, yeah, that, that, I love the beat. It's awesome. 
you know, and the host is like, oh my God, get this person off the show. You know what I mean? Don't you have a story? I just wouldn't have a story. Yeah, I, I've often felt like that uh, when people have had me on. I'm like, well, uh, I also have talked to people and asked them questions. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm also on social media. That's, that's cool, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's hilarious. You still have your Christmas tree up. What's going on? My, my wife uh, loves Christmas. So this, this was not going to... Um, this actually went from a Christmas tree now to a January tree. <laughs> uh, we, we, had, we originally had two. We did take one down, and we still have this one for the remaining. When do you guys usually put up all your Christmas stuff? She likes to do it um, uh, Black Friday. Oh. Uh, and we get everything down and, and start putting stuff up. And then usually by the end of November, it's all all Christmas land. So. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I usually wait yeah, till the yeah. very end of November. This year I was early. I don't know why. I felt like everywhere in our neighborhood, the Christmas lights were already up in like October. So it made right. me just feel like I should get this shit done. I this stuff up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we were kind of lone wolf for a good while, which probably since we were so early, but... <laughs> Uh, thankfully, by, by kind of mid-December, a lot of people had their stuff up and yeah. it was nice. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she loves Christmas. Uh, it's kind of a funny story with us. Uh, we, you know, when we started dating, um, we, we went to like a, like a, they always have this light thing at kind of what they call, uh, the Azalea Gardens here, which is basically just like a big, uh, I don't even know what you would say garden but it's a huge kind of like tourist area where people go and they have all these lights and things and you can walk and do a tour and during the tour i was just like oh you know she's like man it's just so beautiful and everything i was like man i would never propose during christmas that's so cheesy and of course i did that year so you did that's awesome my husband did too he proposed during a christmas christmas time on christmas day nice I had, that was my plan originally, but it got derailed by my uh, my mom's boyfriend, who really? I thought had kind of given up the ghost. At, uh, we went to church, and he was like, "Congratulations! Oh, I'm so happy for you." And she's like, "What? What is he talking about?" <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I opened up all my presents, and I was disappointed. And then I went to go put all my presents in my well. They weren't my in-laws then but in the room that i was staying in and then my husband came in there and literally like threw a ring at me hey i think you deserve this and i was like are you proposing like is this what's going on it was the worst proposal in the entire world and then when we were in iceland um about six seven years ago because i'm icelandic he proposed when we were again re-proposed even though we were married right. re-proposed good idea and so he was stressing out so we got to iceland they lost all his luggage which inside that luggage was his was a new ring he got me a new ring so uh, he was he was i didn't even know what was going on he was calm and cool but he was actually quite stressing about the luggage and i'm like don't worry about it we'll just go buy all new stuff it will come eventually and uh then i found out like five six days later why he was stressing out is because the ring was <laughs> in the bag <laughs> Yeah, I bet that was an amazing trip. Yeah, I mean, it was. Otherwise. Oh, man. Yeah. 
if you ever want to travel anywhere, Iceland is a place to go. It is unreal. Unreal. Looks very cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, I I would definitely do a reproposal. Um, it was kind of funny. I, I faked. We were coming back from church and we were supposed to go to her parents' house for like Christmas Eve dinner. And uh, I kind of fake. I, I said I forgot a gift at uh, the house. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe we have to go back. You fucking idiot. You know, the whole bit, <laughs> just like losing her shit. Yeah, and you're like, should I propose? I've got the ring in my pocket. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm just, just going to take it. She's just losing her mind. Um, and she's like upstairs, just like, oh, damn it, fucking moron. She comes down, <laughs> I propose. And, and literally, her words before, like, uh, she realized what was going on. She's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> like, will you marry me? <laughs> no way. That's crazy. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah. She comes from a family of seven, so... Basically, you know, as soon as we break the news, everybody's like, okay, well, when's the date? What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. It's always such a rush. It's like, yeah. can't, you know, my son proposed um, in November. Wow. Um, a Congrats to him. That's year awesome. and a half ago. And then the wedding was literally in August. And I'm like, what's a rush? Like, just enjoy being, in, like, we were, we were engaged for like, four or five years like I loved it wow. I was in no rush like I was like I'm in a rush it took us like 10 years to even get engaged like I'm in no rush like what's the rush so it's crazy how people are like okay we're engaged now like just go enjoy being engaged yeah I mean uh basically we got engaged and uh then COVID happened so <laughs> now you're forced yeah. to stay together yeah <laughs> Pretty, pretty hilarious stuff. Um, all right, so uh, I've got some some like lightning uh, questions here. Okay. Um, so this will be just kind of like top top of your top of mind. Um, what uh, what is your pet peeve? I was interested in that. Oh, people ch chewing, like yeah, hearing them chew, absolutely drives me up the wall i can't handle it i'll lose yeah. my mind is there like an egregious example you can think of like a, no, my a husband anytime my husband eats yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i cannot be half the time i can't be in the same room like literally if we're coming upstairs to watch a movie i'm like we we got we we can't be like trolling through netflix and then going on disney right. and then figuring out what's on amazon we need to have yeah. everything prepared for like when we come and put the plate down there's a fucking movie up it's really loud i cannot hear you fuck. Like, he has no insulation in his mouth not none I, right. and i don't know if it's because we've been together for 23 years but it's like dude i can't fucking handle you i can't hear you chew please stop chewing and right. snoring i can't handle snoring <laughs> either i'm like one of those people that need a pitch black right like no noise like it need like it Nobody would ever have a room like this, but this is what I need to sleep. Because yeah, my I wife, can't like, blasts a sound machine. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> I now, I literally just got a sound machine, like, four or five months ago because I was sleeping with earplugs, and I just felt like it was just not working. And my husband's so great. He does anything and everything that he possibly can. He wears, like, this awful mouthpiece that 
has literally put his jaw out of place and his teeth are all fucked from it. And But he'll do it for me and I appreciate that. But we ha- our kids are moved out. So we have a spare room. So if it's really bad, Just I will come in the spare room. And then he gets up in the morning he's like, was I snoring? And I'm like, no, like you puff. It's like, and I want to stab you. It's like, why are you puffing? Like, what is this noise? I Yeah. So, my husband's really my pet. <laughs> you know, it's the chewing and the puffing. It's like anybody chewing and anybody snoring. And my brother's the same. He fucking snores really loud, too. And I'm like, I want to stab them in the face when they drink. Apparently, I'm a snorer, so I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just like, I, I don't know. I didn't know I was doing it. So, sorry. <laughs> Um, uh, what do you think is the most annoying catchphrase? Oh, I don't know too much about catchphrases, but I hate when people say like all the time. Yes. I never, I don't really understand it. (laughs) Yeah. I think literally replaced like, and I don't know what the new one is. I think maybe Uh, just pause. And That's then maybe okay, you don't too. Do <laughs> I don't really know any catchphrases. Like, can you give me some examples? Um, what are some of the new ones I've heard? I've heard some people say Lort instead oh, of Lord. Yeah, L-O-R-D-T. They're making that up words. Me. Yeah, that always kind of bugs me. People like, think the Lort. I'm like, what? Okay. That's weird. Um, I, a lot of like younger people I work with will say period all the time. So they'll say something, whatever they said, period. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess I just hate young people. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I have my it. own language. My husband really honestly believes that he is going to write a book with the netisms in it. Cause nice. sometimes I have my own language. So he just writes the shit down. And then when we're out and he feels like, you know, he wants everybody to laugh, then he'll bring out his phone and there's like 95,000 anetisms on there that he will share. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to do that. My, uh, half of the phrases for my life would be like, well, your dick does blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say something should be like, your dick does. (laughs) You're like, I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what, uh, do you have like the best concert you've ever seen or favorite? Mm, That's a good question. I have seen so many concerts, but some of them that have like really blown my mind that I didn't think were going to blow my mind was, you know, and this is, you know, was when I started taking my daughter to concerts. So like going and seeing like. Kesha with LMFAO like that was, oh, that, that was super fun right uh, so first of all my daughter was like 13 when I went and took her to this concert and we right. were like third row center oh, wow. and I didn't really know very much about LMFAO at the time so they all came out with like underwear on their penis like that's all they wore yeah. they just were like elephants and giraffes right. my daughter was like 13 there's like tons of cock just flying all over the place and I was like oh my god and I'm looking around the crowd and there's like nine-year-olds and six-year-olds in the crowd so that was a lot 
Um, and then Kesha, literally, I didn't know this about her, but apparently she doesn't like men. And she literally, like, grabbed a guy from the, you know, from, it was probably set up, but grabbed a guy out of the crowd and, like, pinned him to a cross and dressed as a dick and kicked the shit out of him. And I was like, wow. this is a lot. So that was a very memorable concert with my daughter. But stuff with my daughter, like Lady Gaga was, like, unreal. Pink yeah. was unreal. Like, I've never seen somebody, you know, flip and, tra you know, do these flips for, like, three hours, right? right. Non-stop. Like, singing upside down <laughs> and all this crazy stuff. When I was 16, and, and I, like, I've seen Motley Crue, like, 10 times. I absolutely love Motley Crue. So anytime they're in a show, it's mostly more memorable when it's, like, the people that I'm with. Yeah. Right? So that's, like, those would be top. Like, Ozzy was incredible. Like, people that I was, like, dying to kind of go see, those would be really the most memorable. For sure. And, I mean, Motley Crue, they, they don't they don't hide... The, the pyrotechnics too. <laughs> no, we just actually seen them in September. They were with awesome. Poison, Molly Crew, Def Leppard, and Joan Jett. So it was awesome. Nice. Yeah. Was that before? I think Mick finally like. Yeah, it was before, which is awesome, right? That's See cool. him last time, one last time. Yeah. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, You're welcome. I had so much uh, fun. Same here. Where can everyone find you? So I'm on pretty much any type of social media that's out there. Twitter, IG, TikTok, you name it, LinkedIn. And just look for Music Junkies Podcast. And look for my logo that you can see right there. It's everywhere, anywhere. And hey, if you're an artist or somebody that just loves to, you know, loves music and you think you have some funny short stories to share, reach out. I'd love to have you on the show. Will do. Well, thank you so much, Annette. Have a great rest of your night. And again, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Pedestrian at Best podcast. If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or anywhere else that you may be listening. You can add us on Twitter, just search at Pedestrian, or you can add us on Instagram, just search Pedestrian at Best podcast. We hope you are doing well, and thanks for listening.